0: Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Genesis chapter 47. Genesis chapter 47 talks about Joseph and his rulership in taking care of the distribution of the food uh, during that time of famine. And we begin reading to that today in, in verse 13. And we'll go through verse 27. Genesis 47, verse 13. And there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, for the corn which they bought, and Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in thy presence? For the money faileth. And Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle if money fail. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph. And Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses, and for, for the flocks, and for the cattle of the herds, and for the asses. And, and he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. When that year was ended, they came unto him the second time, the, se- the second year, and said unto him, We will not hide it from my Lord. How that our money is spent, my Lord also hath our our herds of cattle. There is not aught left in the sight of my Lord, but our bodies and our lands. Wherefore shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be your your servants unto, unto Pharaoh. And give us seed, that we may live and not die, that the land be not desolate. And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them, so the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he, re- he removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt, even to the other end thereof. Only the land of the priests brought he not. bought he not, for the priests had a portion assigned unto them of Pharaoh, and did eat their portion which Pharaoh gave them, wherefore they sold not their lands. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh. And four parts shall be your own, for seed of the field, and for your food, and for for them of your households, and for food for your little ones. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants." And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day, that Pharaoh should have the fifth part, except the land of priests only, which became not Pharaoh's. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. Let's pray. Father, we ask today that you might bless this passage to our hearts, help us to glean from it, Lord, truths that would be helpful to us. May we be wise like Joseph was wise as he ruled over the land. Lord, I thank you that you've given us instruction in your word, and we pray that we might heed it. Help us to be wise people who follow you. If there's someone here today who's never trusted Jesus, I pray that today would be the day that they put their faith in you, and they might know the Lord, whom to know is life eternal. Because to know you, Lord, gives us true hope and assurance that everything is going to turn out right and someday we're going to be with you forever and ever. May everyone here today have that hope through faith in Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Jacob and all his family were now settled in the land of Goshen, but the circumstances that caused them to leave the land of Canaan had not really changed. Famine still prevailed in the land of Egypt, and also in all the land of Canaan. The first two years of famine had affected Jacob's family so that they made two trips to Egypt to get the food that they needed to keep them from starvation. Then Pharaoh provided the supplies and the transportation to bring them from uh, from Canaan into Egypt. And now in Egypt, they are sustained by the food that Pharaoh is giving them because he had promised that, and and Joseph had promised it as well. Look back in chapter 45, and we'll notice the promise of Joseph. In chapter 45, verse 9. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, thy children's children, thy flocks and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and all thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. So Joseph had promised them, if you'll come down to Egypt, I will take care of you. Pharaoh had also given that promise. Look at the next chapter, chapter or that same chapter, chapter 45, verse 18. And take your father and your households and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye ye shall eat the fat of the land. Then look at chapter 47, verses 5 and 6. Pharaoh uh, enforces that again, chapter 47, verse 5 and 6. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are coming to thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land, make thy father and brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen, let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. And so they had the promise of Pharaoh and they had the promise of Joseph they would be nourished and taken care of while they were there in the land of Goshen. But the Egyptians did not not really have that special attention from uh, Pharaoh or Joseph. They did not have that special treatment so that their their supplies were furnished to them. There was no bread in all the land. They fainted and they were ready to die because of the famine. Therefore, they went to Joseph and they began to buy from him the food that they needed. The Bible says, and Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought and Joseph brought brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So Joseph took all their money, they bought the food with the money they had until the money ran out. Then when they came to the the end of their money and also the end of the food, they came to Joseph and uh, told them their plight. We don't have any money. And so chapter 47, verse 15, tells us again what Joseph said. And when the money failed in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die for the, in thy presence? For the money faileth. And Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle if money fail. So he gave them bread, he gave them food uh, for their cattle. So they sold all their cattle. The Bible tells us those, those cattle included their, their horses, their flocks of sheep, their herds of cattle, and their asses or their donkeys. So all the animals were sold to Pharaoh. After that year came to an end, when all, all that food was used up, they came back to Joseph and said, We will not hide it from you. you have, we have spent all of our money. We have taken, we have bartered, all, bartered all of our animals, and we don't have anything left except our land and ourselves as servants. And we suggest, you remember it was Joseph that said, Bring money. It was Joseph said, bring cattle. But now it's them saying, we don't have anything less. And we suggest that we, we sell ourselves to you, our bodies to you, and, uh, and also our lands. And so if you'll just give us food, we'll sign over our land to you and we'll also become your servants. And so that's exactly what they did. And in addition to that, they said in verse 19... Wherefore shall we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for for bread, and we and our land will be servants unto Pharaoh, and give us seed, give us seed. Not only food, but give us seed so we can plant it in the lands, and when the famine uh, comes, uh, when the famine is over, the land will produce and we will begin to uh, be farmers again. Give us seed as well. And so the verse, verse 20 says all the land became Pharaoh's and he moved some of the people. It says the people, probably some stayed at the farm, but he moved a lot of the people to different cities. Why did he do that? Probably because there were cities. He, remember, he made the storehouses uh, close to cities. So throughout the land of Egypt, he brought the grain in and stored in storehouses cl- close to a city. And so there were storehouses all over the land and so Pharaoh moved the people close to those storehouses so he could give them food to eat. Pharaoh did not buy the land from the priest, verse 22 tells us. And that is, I read where the priests were very, very strong, very powerful in the land of Egypt. They were priests, not of the Lord, but they were priests of the false gods, and they practiced idolatry and all that, but they had a real, real stronghold on the land of Egypt and so they were given preference. It was like having a state religion. And so the, the government took care of them. They gave them the food they needed and did not buy their lands from them. And then the Bible says in verse 23 that Joseph gave the farmers seed for future crops for, uh, when, for when the famine ceased. Remember, they asked for that, and now Joseph gives them this seed. And when the crops came in, they began to... The crops began to grow, the famine relaxed and was gone from the land, and they began to produce crops again. And so Joseph came up with a law, and he said, You will have you will give a fifth of all that you have to Pharaoh, and four fifths you will be able to save for yourself. And he said, and he listed it like this Save that four fifths that you have, use that four fifths you have, seed for future crops, think ahead seed for future crops, food for themselves, food for your households, and then food for your little ones. And he was looking to the future. And so uh, those crops came in and they did that. And then then they began to produce those crops and when that seed came in, then they would use that seed for another crop. Well... The Bible tells us that the result of all of that was the people were not angry at Joseph. They were actually thankful. And so it says in verse 25, and they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in thy sight. Thou hast saved our lives. They were thankful. Let us find grace in thy sight. They were humble. And then they said, And we will be Pharaoh's servants. They were hopeful. They were hopeful there was a future. We will serve. We will be Pharaoh's servants, and we will serve. And so they had some hope for the future. They're not going to die, and they're going to survive this, and they were very thankful to to Joseph. Now, verse 26 tells us something interesting. Joseph made it a law after that initial saying, you give all the fifth. Joseph made it a law over all the land of Egypt that they would give one-fifth to Pharaoh, that was like a tax, and four-fifths would be kept by them. And then Moses made this note, Unto this day. Now let me remind, remind you of something. Moses wrote this, but Moses wasn't alive when this account was taking place. You remember the children of Israel spent 400 years in the land of Egypt. And so Joseph wrote the book of Genesis many years later, after he had brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And so this law that Joseph passed was going on when Moses wrote this. That was 400 years later. (laughs) At least 400 years later, this law was still in effect. And that is the government government was taxing the people one-fifth, 20%, and the 80% they had for themselves. Now, remember that uh, the land belonged to the government. So they were just like renting the land for 20%. They didn't have any payments to make on the land. They didn't have any of that. And so really it was a pretty good deal. In fact, it would probably be a good deal for us if we had that kind of thing. No other taxes, just the 20%. No state tax, no none of the other, no sales tax, just the 20% to the government. So it really wasn't that bad a deal, but that law that Joseph passed was going on for 400 years afterwards. Now, let's um, look at what it says in verse 27. While the Egyptians became poor, you might say, Israelites were gaining possessions and they were multiplying. So during that years of famine, those seven years of famine, the Egyptians were brought to poverty, so they had lost all their money, all their cattle, all their lands. They became servants to Pharaoh, and yet the Israelites did not go through that. Pharaoh provided food for them during all this time. They did not lose their possessions. They actually gained possessions. And while the Egyptians were becoming poorer, they were multiplying as the Lord said they would do. God was taking care of his own. Now, the account presents Joseph taking care of all this during the land of famine. What I want to do this morning in the message is to consider Joseph as a wise ruler and answer the question, why was he wise? Why would we call him wise? I want to give you some answers to that as we look at, at this passage and what took place. First of all, Joseph was a wise ruler because he followed the Lord. He was a wise ruler because he followed the Lord. I don't care what your position is or what your responsibilities are. You are wise if you follow the Lord. You remember what Pharaoh said about Joseph back in chapter 41? He said after Joseph had interpreted the dream to him or his dreams, he said, can we find such a man as this? a man in whom the Spirit of God is, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. So he was a wise man. Why was he wise? Well, he followed the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord was in him, and he followed the Lord. And so he followed God in all this. Now, before we talk about actually following the Lord, I want to observe something. In reading uh, for the message, I found that there are some who believe that Joseph did not do right while he was, while he was doing this. They believed that Joseph actually took advantage of the people and that Joseph enriched himself in his power over the people. But really, I don't think that's true because the Bible says that Joseph didn't take the profits from the land, from the cell. He gave it to Pharaoh. He took it all to Pharaoh's house. Also, God, sent, God was the one who sent the seven years of plenty and God was the one who sent the seven years of famine, and God was the one who chose Joseph to oversee it. And so if you start saying Joseph was wrong, it sort of throws reflection on the Lord, and God was not wrong. God is the one who's doing this. God brings the plenty, God brings the famine, and God sets Joseph over the land. God used the famine for the purpose of bringing Israel down into Egypt where he wanted them to be, to develop as a nation. Also, God used Joseph to save the lives of the Israelites and the Egyptians. And so Joseph was in a place where he actually saved the lives of the people. They would have died of starvation if it hadn't been for Joseph's planning and his his distribution of the food. God provided for and protected Israel down in the land of Egypt so that one day we could have a Savior so the whole world could be blessed through Jacob and his family. And Jesus was come. And so God is working, and the Egyptians did not complain when all this was over. In fact, as we said, they were thankful. So to say that Joseph was wrong, I believe, is wrong. And that, that's not a, a right uh, deduction from this passage. Joseph was doing what God wanted him to do, and Joseph was not profiting personally from this. But Joseph was following the Lord. Joseph followed the Lord and did what God had directed him to do. You see, we never go wrong by following the Lord. Obey His Word and obey His Spirit that leads you. We're to yield to the Spirit of God and we're to follow His Word. Joseph did that. He followed what God told him and he yielded to God's, God's control and His Spirit and he did what God told him to do in managing this, this problem. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I think that's what Joseph was doing. He was following the Lord, and God was directing his path. You see, wise men still follow the Lord. Back in the Christmas account, the wise men were following the Lord, and wise men still do follow the Lord. Joseph was also diligent in his following the Lord. You see, when he got his family back, it would have been the natural thing to say, Pharaoh, I need to take a month off. I haven't seen my dad for so long. I need to take a month off. Just give me some break, and uh, I'm sure that you can take care of this, uh, but I just need some time with my family. Uh, Joseph didn't do that. The Bible says Joseph settled his family in Goshen, and then Joseph got right back to work, and he was diligent in his work. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, Not slothful in business, servant in, uh, fervent in spirit, serve in the Lord. Colossians 3:23 and says, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Joseph was a wise ruler because Joseph followed the Lord. You're a wise follower a father if you follow the Lord. You're a wise mother if you follow the Lord. You're a wise child who's not yet an adult if you follow the Lord. You're wise if you follow the Lord. And so Joseph was wise because of that. Joseph also was wise in another way, and that is because he did not develop a welfare state. (laughs) This is very evident in this passage. They earned the food that they needed. The government had all this food. They could have just given it away, as our government does. But they didn't. He did not develop a welfare state. He made them work, He made them pay for their food, earn their food. And so they bought it with the money they had. How did they get that money? Because of the, the surplus that God had given them for the seven years. They had bumper crops for seven years. They had some money if they used it wisely. And so uh, um, Joseph said, you pay for the food. So they bought the, bought the food. Then when they ran out of money, he bartered their cattle. They bartered their cattle for the food. But they were paying for it. It was not a giveaway. They were paying for the food. And when that ran out, they, they had their fields, their, their possessions. So they sold those if you were in the place that you were about to starve and you owned five acres that was worth uh, $40,000, would you sell your land? Well, sure you would to get the food that you needed. And so Joseph did that. He had them buy the food. And then he even let them serve him. In other words, they got a job working for the government. They got a job so they could work. He didn't say... Oh, you don't. You're out of everything. We surely don't want you to lose your land, and uh, and it's beyond it's beyond you to to work. So we'll just give you. Th- and he said, No, you'll work. You'll work for your pay, you, the, the food that you need. And when the famine was over, the seed they purchased, uh, the seed they purchased from their from their crop, was to use to plant another crop, which meant work. And so they could harvest another crop, which meant work. And so he promoted work, and they always were working. Joseph did not provide for a welfare state. When the harvest came in, they were saved. They had saved enough seed to plant another crop, and they, the, the cycle just went on. They worked, and they worked, and they worked. The Bible says in Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, if any man would not work, neither should he eat. I'm here to say today that that's one reason we have a work shortage today, worker shortage today in the United States. is because a lot of people have become used to government, government handouts, and some of those who could work won't work because they get a lot of money from the government, and therefore they're not working. And millions of people have left the workforce in the United States, not because there is no work, <laughs> but because they don't want to work a welfare state hurts people now i know that some people need help and i'm not opposed to that but if you're able bodied and ready and will able to work then you should work that's biblical and joseph was wise that he did not develop a welfare state where the people were dependent upon the government and they didn't work joseph was also a wise ruler for another reason He was concerned about people. Joseph was concerned about people. He charged the people a fair price. If he hadn't, they would have been grumbling and complaining. There was no evidence of that in the scripture. So he must have charged them a fair price uh, for their food. He kept his word. He kept his word to Pharaoh. He said, I will take care of this program, and uh, I will oversee it, and it will be done well. And he kept his word, and he did that. He kept his word to the people. He said he would deliver the food. If they would keep their end of the bargain, that he would deliver the food. And he did. Joseph did not want the people to be humiliated because he was concerned about people. And I believe one reason he did not develop a welfare state, that was not the plan that he had. He did not do that because he cared about people. He wanted people to be self-sufficient. He wanted people to have the dignity of, of being able to work and provide for their families. And he said, you'll take this money, provi- you'll provide for your household, and you'll provide for your children. He wanted that for them because he wanted them to be have the integrity that a person should have because they take care of their own. He also emphasized their little ones. He showed that he cared for people because he emphasized their little ones. Um, Many of our leaders today don't do that. The Lord says in this passage, Joseph made special mention, after he says their are households, he makes special mention of providing for your little ones. I believe Joseph, the big ruler of Egypt, was interested in the little ones of these people, and he said, I want you to take care of them, you should take care of them, and so he was concerned about the children. Many in our government today are not concerned about our children. Why do I say that? Well, let me give you some reasons. First of all, they support abortion. They, they're in favor of killing the babies before they're ever born. And so they're not really supporting the children. They also are supporting teenagers who become pregnant out of wedlock, and, uh, and, and they're at school, and they will make it so that that child can go and have an abortion with their parents never knowing about it. That's not right. That's not supporting the parents. That's not supporting the children. And that that is a government that's actually against the family. And that's what's happening today. They favor indoctrination of children in schools. Learning basic things that you need to know in education is not the most important thing today in in government schools. The most important thing today in government schools seems to be that they indoctrinate the children. That's why there's a great push, I believe, for, for more Pre, uh, pre-kindergarten education and a great push for paid college education after they get out of high school. They already have our kids from kindergarten to 12th grade. They want them earlier and they want them later. Why? Because in the state, state institutions, they are indoctrinating the kids and they're indoctrinating them. Joseph was not like that. He was for the kids. He wasn't against them. He was for the family. He wasn't against them. In our schools today, sex education promotes immorality. And, uh, and the sex education sometimes is very graphic. And it, uh, it is something that the devil uses to break down the, the, moral, uh, the moral code of our, our, in our country. And, uh, so that is, and also they're introducing what they call critical race theory. And that puts, it puts people of different colors against each other. And that's wrong. All this leftist ideology that's instituted in our schools is evidence that our government is not for our kids, they're against our kids. The government is not for our families, they're against our families. There's the attack on history. And there's the 1619 Project, which tries to say that our United States was founded on slavery. Uh, Not as it was in 1776, but in, in, in 1619. And they're doing all of this to break down our, our our schools and our children and what they learn. They promote immorality on many many places in in many ways. And so they promote homosexuality, they promote gay marriage, they promote ge- transgender uh, children becoming known as transgender. All this gender confusion is taking place in our schools at government expense. And government encouragement, the government is not for our kids. They're against our kids. Joseph was for the kids. Joseph was for the families. And so he was a wise ruler because of that. They disregard the input of, today, they disregard the input of parents in their children's education. And so, as you know, recently in some school board meetings, There have been parents rise up against what's going on in the the school. And the government, our government actually calls those parents um, domestic terrorists. Now, that, that is really bad. Joseph was not that kind of leader. Joseph was a leader who cared for people. He cared for the children. He cared for the families. And then there was another reason that Joseph was wise. Joseph was wise because he recognized God's control. He recognized God's control. He believed God set people up in leadership and he put them down. He knew that because God set a, a shepherd boy who was a, who was a slave, who was a prisoner, brought him out of prison and set him up as ruler in the land of Egypt. He knew that God sets up kings and he takes them down. And he recognized that. He also believed that God was controlling the weather. He believed that. God controls the weather. And uh, so uh, the Bible says in, Nahum, in chap- Nahum chapter 1 verse 3, the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind whirlwind, and the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. And oh, how dependent we are upon God's providence that God controls the weather. I, I make this statement lots of times. I'm sure I've told you this, but when I'm out, people will comment on the weather. I say, I'm sure glad that, We don't control it or we'd be fighting over it. I'm glad that God controls it. And you get God in the conversation, you know. God does control the weather. It's snowing out there on a Lord's Day. Who made that happen? The Lord did. (laughs) The Lord controls the weather. Joseph knew that. Joseph knew that God made the seven years of plenty and God brought the famine. And Joseph recognized that and he was wise in doing that. He also believed God controlled circumstances. His own life was, was a great testimony to that. Circumstances that seemed to be so bad, and yet God worked it out for good. Joseph believed that. Many in leadership today believe they can control what happens. They can control what happens by their bribes, which happens in government all the time. They control what happens by making backroom deals. They can control by lies and promoting uh, and all these uh, things they promote and the political maneuvering that goes on. They believe they can control everything. And yet Joseph recognized that God was in control. And we should beware when we seek to fight against God who is in control. And uh, all the maneuverings and all the lying and everything, it will not turn out well. And that's happening in our country today. But Joseph was a wise ruler. He believed that God was in control. And then there's another reason I believe Joseph was wise. Joseph was wise because he identified with God's people. He identified with God's people. All in Egypt knew that Joseph was a Hebrew. They all knew that he was a Jew. He did not hide that. The Bible says in Potiphar's house, when he was, uh, when he was seduced, you remember it tried to, uh, Potiphar's wife tried to get him to sin with her. And uh, he left, he ran, and she spread this lie about him. And then she said, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. She knew that he was a Hebrew. How did she know that? Joseph didn't hide it. He didn't try to hide his identity. The Bible says uh, in, in chapter 40, verse 15, to the butler, I was, he said this, I was stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. He did not hide who he was. And in chapter 41, verse 12, the butler said to Pharaoh, There was there with us a young man, a Hebrew. He knew he was a Jew because Joseph didn't hide that. He did not hide his identity with God's people. He revealed to Pharaoh who he trusted. He said to Pharaoh, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. He also said, God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. And then he said, the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. He mentioned the Lord. He was glad to to, uh, be identified with God's people. He was not ashamed of his Lord. He did not abandon God's people. He did not abandon them. He never became too important to identify with God's people. Joseph, the ruler of the land, could have put his Jewishness behind him and probably had a good future in, in the Egypt, as humanly speaking. But he didn't do that. He identified with God's people, and he did not abandon them. You see, that's a good idea or good practice because God favors His people. And if you don't identify with God's people, and if you're ashamed of God's people, you need to understand that you're ashamed of someone who God favors. Now, did God favor the Israelites? Sure he did. Here he put them in the land of Goshen and provided for them while the Egyptians had to buy the food, barter for the food, and give their lands and their their bodies for the food. But the, but the Israelites didn't have to. Why? God made a difference between them, and God favored them. Later, when, when the Exodus pl- took place, God favored the, Egypt, the, the Israelites. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 8, verse 22, the, Israel, the Egyptians had all these swarms of flies as one of the plagues, but God makes it clear that he put a distinction between the Israelites and the Egyptians. He said there were no swarms of flies in Goshen. God also put a difference in, in Exodus chapter nine, verse four. Uh, one of the plagues was the moraine on the cattle, and He said there was no moraine on the on Israel's cattle. God put a difference between the Egyptians and His people. In Exodus nine twenty-six, it says there was no hail in the land of Goshen. All the Egyptians had hail in their land. Exodus ten verse twenty-three. Uh, it was that one of the plagues was the plague of darkness but the Bible says there was light in the land of Goshen. In, in Exodus chapter 11, verse 7, God, you remember when God came through with the plague of the firstborn? He killed all the Egyptians' firstborn, but the Israelites, their firstborn, were not killed. Why? Because God said, if you'll put the blood on the doorpost, and then when, I, when the death angel comes through, I will pass over you. And they did that, and God passed over them. God favored the Israelites. You see, we should never be ashamed to identify with God's people. Psalm 25, verse 2 says, Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let me not be ashamed to be known as your, per- your people. Let me not be ashamed of you. I trust in you. Don't ever be ashamed to be a Christian. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16 says, Yet if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God on this behalf. And Hebrews 11, speaking of Abraham, it says this, and those others. He says, But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. If we as God's people will save without any shame, whether you're uh, in business, whether you're out there, whatever you're doing, whether you're in school, if you are not ashamed of the Lord and you say, I'm a Christian and I'm not ashamed of it, I'm not ashamed of other Christians to be identified with them, I'm not ashamed to say I go to church and I spend time with God's people, I'm not ashamed I say to say I go to the youth group and I spend time at church with youth, I'm not ashamed to do that. I'm not ashamed that God is my God. Then the Lord says, I'm not ashamed of you either. I'll not be ashamed of you because I am preparing for you a city and you're going to be with the Lord someday. When God favors you as a believer and calls you his own, why would you ever be ashamed of the Lord who's done so much for you? We should never be ashamed of the Lord. The world has and will turn on us. But don't be ashamed of Jesus. Do not deny Christ. Now, we've said that for years. The world has and it will turn on Christians. Persecution will increase. Yes, it will. And it's coming, friend. I believe it's coming to our country. It was pointed out to me the other day by Brother Barney and also Diana that they had seen a post about uh, what was happening in Canada, so I looked it up. And in Canada, they passed a bill in January, in January the 8th, I think, and it sort of went under the wire, and there was no, not, not much debate. They sort of snuck it through, and they got it passed, and it's the Bill C-4. And it actually says that, uh, that uh, people who believe that uh, there's only two genders and that God designed it this way, that uh, that's all, all a myth. And they put it in place where they can even arrest people who believe that. Already in Canada, they've arrested people for having church when the, when the government said don't have church. And they, they've now got a bill in place where they could arrest you if you get up like I am today and say the homosexuality is sinful. That transgender is not the way that God intended and it's not right. And when you say there are, there are two sexes, and that's determined by the way, by way you're born. God determined at the beginning whether you would be a boy or a girl. God determined that. They say that's a myth. And they would arrest you. They can arrest you if you believe that and, and, and promote that. Well, that could come to the United States. We have government in, in place right now who would be willing to go along with a lot of this leftist ideology if they could get by with it. They can, they'll try to push bills through when you don't know what's in it. And they'll say even say you remember that oh, we have to pass it so we can read it to know what's in it. <laughs> they know what's in it and they'll get those things through. Don't be surprised if our United States comes a place becomes a place where Christians are persecuted. Well, Joseph was wise because he identified with God's people and with God and he was not ashamed. But then there's one last reason I want to mention this morning that Joseph was wise. And that is Joseph was a wise ruler because he remained hopeful because he trusted God. He remained hopeful. He knew that the famine would end because God told him so. He knew there would be seven years of plenty plenty and there already had been. And now there's years gone by of the famine, but he knows at the end of those seven years it's coming to an end. And he says, you're going to have seed to plant crops, and there's going to be crop, and you take care of your little ones who are coming on. There's a good future for you. Uh, I look to the future. He was a leader who was hopeful. He assured the people of better days. Lo, here is seed that you can take, and you can sow in your land. And it shall be for you and for your households and for your little ones. A wise leader instills hope. And Joseph did that in his people. So I believe that that God makes clear in this passage that Joseph was a wise ruler. Christians can always be hopeful like Joseph was. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. We know this. We belong to the Lord. We're on the winning side. We're going to heaven someday and Jesus coming back, and so we can be hopeful as well. Yes, Joseph was a wise ruler because he followed the Lord. He did not develop a welfare state. He was concerned about people. He recognized God's control. He identified with God's people, and he remained hopeful all the time because his faith was in the Lord. May God help us to be wise as well. Let's pray. Father... We thank you today for reminding us of these traits of Joseph, and I pray that they might be our traits as well. I pray that you would help us to be people who follow you, people who are concerned about others, people who are willing to work, people who love you and are are glad to be associated with you and to claim and to name your name and. And not to be ashamed of our brothers and sisters in Christ, but to know that we're Christians and be glad for the world to know about it. Help us to be hopeful. And I pray that we will realize we have every reason to be because someday we're going to be with you. And right now, we're on the winning side. Bless, we pray in Jesus' name.